Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, the audio version of our Facebook Live series, Art Talk Tuesday. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists like you that it is completely possible to make a great career out of this art thing. And if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features Pennsylvania-based bird artist, Rachel Alschler. I loved getting to talk to Rachel and hear all about her backstory and unique painting processes. I highly encourage you to click the link in this episode and check her out so you can see her very unique painting style for yourself and you can see how good she is. Rachel has painted over 100 birds in her past several years of painting professionally and I love how she's really found her niche and is sticking to it. We talk about the fear that comes with painting something that's true to you and not always doing just what people expect. It's kind of a leap of faith to step out of your comfort zone and paint what you want to paint. I know, Rachel knows, and I think she's just such a shining example of someone who is doing it and doing it very successfully. (laughs) But let me know what you think of this week's episode with Rachel Oshler. If you could just maybe tell us a little bit of your backstory, like who you are, where you are. If somebody, um, I sent out an, like an email earlier of like just telling people like who you were, but if just somebody hasn't clicked on your profile yet, just kind of give us a little backstory of how you came to where you are. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess to go really far back. Um, so I went to college for art. Um, so I got my BFA in art studio. Um, And then I stayed for a fifth year to get my master's in teaching because at that time I was like, well, I need to pay my bills. You know, we all go through that. Um, And so I moved back home. I went to college kind of far away. Um, I moved back home and I was actually an art teacher for five years before I quit my job to do my art full time. So, um, yeah, so definitely I had an art background kind of going into it. So I think that that helps. Um, But, you know, I feel like I did my time for five years in the real world before I did this full time. So that was how I got started. Yeah, amazing. That's so cool. That's so it's very similar. Like I went into art, art education as well. And I was about to do it. And I was like, ah, no, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. And then it kind of worked out. But yeah, so I definitely get it, though. I mean, being an art teacher. I mean, I'm sure it was fun. But 
Yeah. Maybe not as fun as being a studio artist, I guess. (laughs) No, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I feel like if I was ever going to really be an art teacher, because, you know, I I loved teaching and I I don't want to like diss teaching. I just feel like I was never meant to be like one of those people that lived, eat and breathed curriculum and and teaching. And I was going to do it for 30 plus years. And that whole thing, it was like my heart, there was always a part of me that wasn't fully into it. Um, I always kind of identified more as an artist than a teacher. Um, But, you know, I was at this really great high school. It was all girls. Um, It was kind of a dream job. And I loved it while I was there. I just felt like after five years, I had to follow my true passion. And um, yeah, I was like doing both things at 50%. So I felt like I had to pick one and kind of just give it a try. That's amazing. Yeah. And and now, uh, how long has it been, you said? So that was in about, I think that was like 2011 or 12, I want to say, wow. um, that I quit teaching. Yeah. So it's been a while, but I mean, it's, it's been a hustle for all those years for sure. Definitely. Took a while. Yeah. And now, now you have that teaching behind your belt. You can always like teach classes later on if you want to, or, you know, or do yeah. you? Yeah. Well, you know, teaching is, like you said, it's one of those things I can always go back to. Um, You know, I have my master's, and so it's great. And every once in a while, I'll teach lessons. And, you know, if there are slow months, I have the option to go back and do that to kind of supplement my income. And so I take comfort in knowing that, for sure. Definitely. Awesome. So what do you think was the turning point um, from, like, that took you from hobby to professional artist? So, like, was it just one school year you were like, okay, I'm not going back after the summer or what was it? Um, you know, it was, it was kind of a long time coming. I feel like after three, probably three years of teaching, I was really seriously considering making a break, um, and just quitting, but it took a couple years for me to feel comfortable in doing that. And so I would say I spent two years while I was teaching. I took on as many commissions as I possibly could. I was doing a lot of pet portraits at that time. Um, and so, you know, but then I felt like after five years, I had that two year gap where I was doing both and I felt more comfortable. Um, and so I, I felt like it was that five year mark that made me feel like it was either then or never. I felt like I was either going to quit then, or I was going to be teaching for the next 20 plus years, um, which also would have been fine. I just felt like if I, I just had a, a feeling like it was the right time. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love to hear the behind yeah. the scenes stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah. nowadays, now that you're not going to a classroom, what makes up your typical work day and how many hours do you spend painting a day usually? Okay. So that's, that was the hard part for me. I mean, I think when you go from, especially when you have a job like teaching where you're, I mean, you literally have to be, you know, where I was teaching, I was at work by probably seven thirty, staying till five. So it was like a very regimented schedule. Um, so from going to from that to me working for myself and having all this free time um, was difficult. And so I, I feel like I set my day up exactly how I would if I had your, you know, a job that I had to be somewhere at a certain time. So I'm an early bird. So I get up every morning, like by six, probably six thirty. Wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm like usually painting no later than 8am. And that would be a late day for me. And so, but I, I would like break for lunch, just like nor like for an hour, I take my lunch break and then I get back to it. And then depending on the time of year, of course, the winter, I usually have to stop by like four at the latest. Um, but so I would say in the winter time, I probably paint from, um, you know, 
I probably paint maybe six hours a day. Um, whereas in the summer, I, I try to paint at least eight hours a day, but that's sporadic, like going back and forth. Um, and, and that's at least three to four days a week. That's not like every day. Oh, um, okay. but yeah, but for me, I think just to stay kind of organized, I have to have that regimented schedule or else I have that personality that if I have too much free time, you know, it's easy for me to just kind of be lazy and not work. So that's what works for me. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that do it differently, but for me in particular, that was important for me to maintain some sort of like sense of normalcy in my schedule to be productive. Yeah, I definitely feel you. Like I have to, it's so much easier for me to get up in the morning and go to a painting job or do a painting thing. Because if I don't have somewhere I have to be, I'm like, I'll like hang around and like do yes. this. And oh, I'll like drink coffee for two hours, yeah. catch up on my shows. I'm like, oh my God, it's 1030. I've done nothing. So yeah. <laughs> and then there's like guilt I, and then yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So you paint during the day. Do you, uh, I think yes. I maybe saw like a post that you did recently or something, but do you use daylight? Is that the reason? You do I do. Yes. Um, I, I like to paint and that's why I try to get started as early as I can. It's because the, where my studio is right now, well, I'm currently painting out of my dining room. Um, but so we, I get really, really great light in the morning. And so I feel like I'm the most productive between the hours of seven and 10 for whatever reason. Those are like my, my three hours where I get the most done. I feel like I'm the most creative at that time. Um, but yeah, so I always paint during the day um, because I, I need the light to work. So yeah. I wish I could get a, work done at night, but I just don't have the light to allow for it. Yeah. Definitely. I think our schedules are switched because like 7 to 10 p.m. are like my times to go. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's strange. I'll try to get going. I'll try it. And then like 7 o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to get so much done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm normally I'm like in bed by this is embarrassing, but like 9 o'clock, if okay. not somewhat earlier. I'm like, <laughs> for whatever reason, I've just never been a night owl. So I, yeah. I try to get as much done during the day as I possibly can because at night my brain just kind of shuts off. So Kudos to you for being a morning person. I envy that. Well, kudos so to cool. you for being a night person. Yeah. I envy yeah. that. Yeah. Like falling asleep. I'm like surprised I'm not falling asleep right I now. Know. It's I not know. even that late. It is. It kind of I'm is. an old lady really at heart. <laughs> That's um, can you talk us through your painting process? Like are there any methods or techniques that you picked up through your years of experience? Yeah. Um, you know, mostly through college, I was a trained oil painter, and that's really all I worked with was oils. Um, you know, of course, I worked with watercolors, but really, I never worked with acrylics at all. And I feel like that was that was a huge turning point for me because I kind of think that I'm self-taught in acrylic. I mean, I've I've had a little bit of experience and guidance, but for the most part, that was a medium that I really taught myself to use, and so. Um, as opposed to oil and watercolor and, and pottery and, and all this other stuff that I was taught all these ways to do things. And then I think because I hadn't had that, it allowed me to kind of make mistakes and organically come up with my own process. And so, you know, I, I started working with acrylics and I haven't stopped since. And um, so that's a huge part of my process. And so um, the way I kind of work is I always work from a photograph um, and I do, I'll get a really kind of like light pencil sketch. I'll transfer that onto a canvas. And then I always do the background first, um, which is kind of reverse the way a lot of other artists work. Um, and then I use the background color 
um, to kind of create a monochromatic painting, like an underpainting. Yeah. Um, and then I just, it's, it's very much acrylic kind of has to be a wet on wet process. I mean, um, it dries so quickly, but I also feel like that's kind of become part of my technique is just loading on those layers while it's still wet. I work really, really quickly. Um, and so the first few hours of every painting for me is just very heavy, thick paint wet on wet and then usually I walk away from it and then let that dry for a while before I do any kind of detail work so they're big brushes um yeah and that's kind of how I get started I love it I love that we're very similar in that um it's, it's so like um fulfilling almost being able to cover so much space in so little time too like, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly well and it's great because you know, I'll, I'll kind of like work on a, a few things at a time, but it's nice because with oil, I was running into all these issues where it was just, you know, it takes so long to dry and I love oil paint, love, love, love oil. And I feel like at some point in my career, I'll get, I'll get back to them. Um, but I don't know, it was just like, I needed a break or something and I needed to kind of try my own thing. And, and for whatever reason that works for me and it's working right now. And yeah, like you can just get a lot more done. You could definitely get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time. That's also a huge perk. So definitely. Yeah. How long? Okay, so like, how long did it take you average to do like one of your bird paintings? Um, it depends on the size. Although, I mean, I for me anymore, I feel like a small piece takes almost as long as a large piece. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean the work and and almost you know especially when the initial sketch the larger ones are take no time but it's like those tiny ones that take forever. Um, but I, I don't know. I would say, you know, on average, twenty hours, um, maybe maybe less, maybe more, depending on the size. Certainly not for a smaller piece. A smaller piece I can do probably in like ten hours or less. Um, but yeah, for like those larger pieces, which I feel like I've been doing more of, they're usually about 20 plus hours of work, give or take. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I um, love the painting behind you right now, the elephant. He's thanks. so cool. Yeah. Thanks. I'm just noticing him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was actually done with like really cheap craft paint. And so when people ask nice. Me, yeah. Because I, that's like one of the first ones I ever, I did when, before I like started investing in a lot of paint and I'm like, you don't need crazy. Um, I do, actually, do you have a certain kind of brand or anything? Actually, I think that's maybe on here. And now it's yeah. I, um, so I, I love Liquitex. I was using okay. Liquitex, you know, I kind of go back and forth. It depends for an underpainting. I use Liquitex basics, which are like those just cheap acrylics that you can buy and they work because they're, you know, a little bit more water-based, so they're more translucent. I can get a better underpainting. And then once I start to layer, I like a heavier bodied acrylic. Um, mm -hmm. So for the most part, I've been using Liquitex as a brand. But, like, I don't use expensive brushes. And that's, yeah. for whatever reason, they just, I don't know. I feel like my favorite brushes were all less than $10. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and so that's one thing where I'm, like, happy not to spend money on. But, um yeah, so it's those are my, that's what works for me right now. I love it. Yes, <laughs> um, and I feel like too, like I go through brushes like a lot. Sometimes I'll like actually leave them out, or they'll get knocked out. And if it's like a two dollar brush, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yes, well, and I beat up my brushes. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm really rough with my brushes, yeah. or I'm like scrubbing into the canvas, and so I don't want to have to worry about like, oh, I have to be really careful with this one, or you know, be really careful about cleaning this one because it was 20 or $30, you know, for me, I just, I've had just as 
okay of a time using inexpensive brushes. So yeah. it works. It works. As long as yeah. the, bris the bristles don't fall out, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, what is the one thing you don't like to paint without? Uh, music or like background noise, I should say. So okay. I go back and forth between like, I'll, sometimes I'll leave the TV on or um, like a movie on, or I just like tune out because I need noise or, you know, right now I'm in more of a music stage, but I just cannot get any work done if it's dead silent. I, for whatever reason, I just can't focus. Yeah. Do you ever listen to like audiobooks or podcasts or anything? I don't, um, but I could see myself doing that maybe in the future for sure. Yeah. I listen to music all the time. And then someone gave me like a really good audible and I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> it's so yes. Your mind just gets lost in something else. And it just makes me be able to paint longer when I'm not in. I agree. Home. But yeah. Yes. I totally agree. Um, Thomas asked, uh, have either of you ever used gouache? Is that how you say that gouache? <laughs> yes. Right? Um, you know, I have, I'm not a huge fan. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people that love working with it. It's just not, it's not really part of my process. Yeah. I've never actually used them. So, um, any yeah, yeah. I love watercolor. Um, that's probably my second favorite, you know, right now I'm just really into these like water-based paints, but, um, yeah, watercolor has always been a love of mine. I used to love working with watercolor in college and I actually could see myself getting back into that at some point in the future for sure. Yeah. So fun. Um, do you have a favorite? Actually, hold on. Um, are there any art lessons you've learned the hard way? Oh, I mean, yes, for <laughs> sure. Um, oh my God. I'm like, where do I start? You know, I think it's just, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. Mostly I feel like, um, you know, it's just, really just with experimenting. I feel like when I was first kind of like teaching myself how to use acrylics, I went through just so many back and forths about like, how much do I layer on and how much water do I add? And I, I think when you're getting to know a medium um, for the first time, you kind of go through that. I'm trying to think specifically um, lessons that I've learned. You know, I think the biggest thing is just, I, I used to paint with I wouldn't really have a plan in mind. I would just be like, I'm going to paint today. And I would just like get started right away. Cause I was just like really eager to get paint on the canvas. And I think the most important thing is just like to have somewhat of a plan before you get started. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's more beneficial just as far as like placement. I mean, you know, I've so many times in the past, I've, I feel like I haven't taken into, into consideration, um, you know, like the aesthetic of the piece and I'm trimming canvases and restretching them. And so I don't do that as much anymore, but, um, yeah, I think that's probably the best example I can think of. I'll think of like 10 more when we're right. done, but yeah, I feel you like know. every question, every time I ask that question, people are like, Oh, which one? <laughs> like, which one? Do yes. I tell? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's just been so many for sure. But you know, of course we have to go through those things, I think yeah. to learn the right way. So for sure. Have you ever like had, um, so like we kind of teach a we teach a little bit of like painting techniques and we teach some business stuff in here too. Mm -hmm. Is there any like business things that you've maybe learned the hard way on maybe like pricing or shipping or anything like that? Mm, I'm trying to think. Um, probably I think for me, like the hardest part about just as far as business with doing this as a career, um, the hardest thing for me, I think initially was figuring out like, where's my, what's my thing going to be, you know, like what's going to set me aside from everybody else. And I would say 
I think to anybody getting started, um, instead of like those particular things, I think first and foremost, I think people have to decide what's going to make me different from everybody else. How am I going to stand out? So like, I made, a, I feel like I made a lot of mistakes when I was first getting started bringing my work to galleries and I was showing work that they've seen, they had seen before, like landscape or, you know, certain types of, um, you know, like cityscape paintings that I would do. And I just, I wasn't as good as the people who were doing that at the time. And I was like, it wasn't even really what I loved. And so I yeah. guess if I had any kind of advice from a business standpoint, um, I would say just like stay true to yourself as cliche as that sounds. I mean, it's so true. I mean, pick something that kind of sets you apart, but also stays true to what you love and what is symbolic to your style and, you know, what you want to do. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, probably the best thing I can think of. I love that. Um, that really hits home. Too, yeah. Like a lot of people I run in, I have a couple people that I know too. They're like, well, I'll just stick with this. Cause that's what I'm known for. I'm like, but you want to do this. Why don't you do it? And right. Like, no. And even I like struggle with that a little bit too, just because like when I started doing rainbow animals, that's what I wanted to do for a long time. I just didn't do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, and now like well, right behind, sorry, right behind there's like, I'm doing a pink lion right now. And I'm like, I'm like, that's the real me. And forever, I like didn't do it because I was scared to do it. Yeah, it's like we fall into this. It's like a trap of like, what do I think people want to see? Or like, what's going to get me into this gallery? What's going to get me into this show instead of thinking, okay, what do I actually really like to do? Because I think when you're painting something that you really love and that you're passionate about, ultimately, other people become passionate about that. And so it's kind of like, I don't know. I just think um, that's super important. I definitely agree with you there. I'm happy to know that you're doing that for yourself now. Yeah. And you're doing what you really love and having success. That's awesome. Yeah, it is so fun. Like, okay, how did you guys, how did you get into the birds then? Okay, well, how did that come out? I love them. All of that. I love that Thank you named you. them too. I love that. I'm like, oh man, maybe I should name my animals. I don't know. But how did you, you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, so when I was, when I was teaching, I was doing a lot of commission work and most of that work, I was doing pet portraits for people. Mm -hmm. And, and what I loved about pet portraits was the, was when you're painting somebody's pet, ultimately the goal is to bring their personality to life. And so that was the fun part to me. And I, of course I loved the texture and I love animals and all that stuff. Um, and then simultaneously, I was also painting these like bird silhouettes on reclaimed barnwood for a local business. And so it was honestly the marriage of both of those things, because as much as I love animals, I love birds. And so I loved, like, I had this idea, what if I were to do birds in portrait style, um, that kind of do the same thing as the pet portraits I was painting, like bringing out their personalities because birds have such different personalities. And so um, I decided one day to do, to paint one and I brought it to my a local gallery, literally like less than a mile from my house and she took it and she sold it in a couple weeks. And I think that gave me the confidence to pursue that was the sale for sure. Because, yeah. you know, I took it in and I was like, I don't know if she's going to even like this or if anybody's going to, you know, identify with this at all. Um, but the fact that it sold, I was like, wow, you know, somebody paid their own money for this. So maybe I should do more. And I mean, that was where it all started and then just really took off from there. And it's, you know, it's been an evolution for sure. That's amazing. How many birds do you think you've done? If you just had to get Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, I, it's so funny. I was thinking about that the other day. I think it's probably been 
It it's, has to be over a hundred at this wow. point. Totally over. It's got to be at least 50 owls. Um, <laughs> and it's got to be, I mean, I should actually, I should count. That's a good question. I, I, if I had to guess, it's over a hundred easily. So cool. I, I love that you're so niched down because they say like, what's the, the thing that the riches are in the niches thing. And I think yeah. that's just the marketing of like, when somebody sees the same thing over again, that like really gets in their head and they want that. And like, cause like with your birds, I went from like, like even just the marketing standpoint of it, I was like, Oh, that's really pretty. And then just seeing it over and over, I'm like, okay, I want it. Like, and so that's the power of a niche and you yeah. sticking to it. I just think that's a great example of that. Do you, so you don't get tired of it. You're not ready to switch out. Do you think you ever will? Or? No, I, no, I, I am. I, I'm not tired of it. I think um, initially, like I was saying before, and, and especially I should add, I live in a very like art focused area. So I live probably less than 10 minutes from Andrew Wyeth's home studio in this little town in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. It's not far from Philadelphia. So I feel like there's this enormous art community. So that was also part of why I was a little bit nervous to pursue it full time because there's so much local talent. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to fit into this art community? Am I good enough? The whole thing. Um, and, and like you said, this, this was like my little niche and this was like my way in. And so um, I, you know, the past year or so I've been contemplating kind of getting into some other animals. I think I definitely, I'm definitely always going to paint birds for sure, but I would love to get into just kind of like playing around with some other textures because that's also become such a big part of my work is like, you know, just like creating texture with brushstroke. And I think, you know, I'm ready to maybe try that with something other than feathers. But um, yeah, that's definitely in my, um, in my planner for next year to get some newer, some new animal portraits done for sure. I love it. Yes. I love your texture. I was, I, I look at it sometimes and I'm like, okay, how does that, okay, do you, so you, you use your paintbrush and you put it down there and then like, what's, how does, how do you create that? Cause it is a different kind of texture, but it's so cool looking. You know, it's, and that's where I was able to, I, I kind of figured that out almost by accident. I was having a really bad month a few years ago and it was still like very early stages within the first couple years of me doing this full time. Um, and my early work, when I look back at it, it, it has almost no texture, which is so funny to me now. Cause I look back, I'm like, my gosh, I can't believe I used to paint like that. Um, I was like, so focused on just copying what I saw. Like I, I always work from a photograph. And so to me, I felt like, you know, it, it, it was almost, it was like photorealism for sure. Um, and instead of me trying to think of how to create texture on my own, I was just like using really small brushes and really trying to just copy the photograph ultimately. And, um, and one day I just got really sick of it. I was like, I have headaches every day. I have these, I'm like beating up these small brushes. And so I just had a day where I was like, I'm doing a crappy painting today. Um, and I started, I didn't use any small brushes and I just started like loading the paint on the canvas. And after a few hours, I was like, I think I might have something here. It was like either, it was one of those things where I feel like we all also go through like, you're doing a piece and you're like, this is either going to be amazing or yeah. it sucks. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was not anything in between. And so I was like loading it on and then I walked away from it. And the next day I went back to it, did a little bit of detail. Um, and that piece was a major turning point for me because I, it was the most interesting piece I'd I had ever painted in my opinion. 
Um, and I was like, I'm never going back to the detail brushes. I'm never going back to that way. Um, and so that was really how it, how I s figured out how to do that. And more and more over the past few years, it's become really just about letting my brush do the work for me. And I think with acrylics, especially you have more of the ability to do that in that technique because, um, you know, it's, it's the dry time and you can really get them watered down and they're more translucent. And so I don't know if I were to go back to oil, if that would work, but, um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it's just a wet on wet and you literally take a lot of paint on a big brush and you just put, it's like a lot of pressure that you put down and then kind of like lighten up on the pressure. So they're just like really just individual swipes. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but it's just yeah. about letting the brush do the work ultimately. Yes. I love it. It's so, it's so different is why I love it. I'm just like, it makes you like look at it just a bit more. And it's like, cause I mean, because, like, I think it's a little bit more interesting than realism. It's, like, a little bit more artsy to it. Because, like, a lot of people can paint it as it is, but it takes something to, like, be, like, just have your own style like that. But I love it. Yeah. Well, I felt like I was ready for that. I was, like, I'm, I was bored of my work, you know? Like, after the first couple of years, I felt like I was capable of a little bit more. And, and I think even now, I think I'm capable of more. So it's, like, you know... I, I try to push myself because I, I think I can do it, but it's just, I think we all go through that as artists. I think it's just having the confidence to actually try it and, yeah. and set the time aside to do crappy work, like <laughs> set a few days aside and make peace with the fact that like you might do really crappy work. And I think every once in a while, who knows what might happen, but that's what works for me. So yeah, I totally, totally get it. Like just with this line right here, I'm like looking at it right now. It's right over here. I was like, I wanted to oh. do like a pastel pink and usually I'm like high contrast and it's easy and I know how to do that. And I'm like, okay, this time I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use yes. black in this. I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I know. it's working out. Okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> you have to like give yourself a pep talk. You're like, I can do this. I can yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if it goes bad, I can just add black later. <laughs> yes. Um, oh my Ra gosh. That's funny. <laughs> Rachel just commented. She's from New, New York city. And she was like, I love your, your bird paintings are so beautiful. But yeah, she's from oh, New, New York thank city. You. So she knows what it's like to be in this oversaturated market as well. And I think yes. you're a great example of niching down and really just making it your own. Um, oh, thank you. Mary has a, a comment on here. I too paint lots of birds and really love your style. I'm too detailed and struggle to get away from that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mary, we've all been through it. Um, you know, I, I just think it's, I think you just have to try, Mary, do a crappy painting. It's okay. <laughs> do a crappy painting and use like thicker paint, use a big brush. No, I mean, in all seriousness, try approach a painting in a way that makes you feel comfortable. Um, but, but throw your like small brushes away, like try to use buy three different brushes that you've never used before. I mean, like I bought a couple years ago, I bought a filbert brush for the first time and I have no idea why, but now it's one of my favorite brushes. And so I think even just, you know, making some little changes and trying new things can make all the difference for sure. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. I love it. Um, do you have a favorite past project? Is it, is it an owl? <laughs> yes. So my favorite, the, so for sure my favorite owl is, um, so I, it was an owl that I painted uh, the piece that was the turning point for me. And I'd be, I'll be happy to post that in the group. Yeah. Um, 
he was just small. He was a little nine by 12, but yeah, I'll share that one later. He was a little barn owl. Big surprise there. Yeah, I love it though. I love it. It's when like you, my favorite. Yes, I love it. You're, you're trying new things and you kind of find that thing you want, you really love. Like mine are big cats. I'm just kind of coming into it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that makes me way happier than painting a bear. Yes, or you know. I know. <laughs> well, and when I think when, when you're happy about it, other people get excited. You know, I think it translates. If you're doing work that you're not super thrilled about, even if you try to fake it, I think people still pick up on it, you know? Yeah. For sure. Um, Mary says, thank you. She's going to try um, with the brushes. And Rachel says, I agree. I made a crappy painting and it is one of my favorites. Awesome. See? <laughs> it's when the magic happens, you know. <laughs> um, what are your future art plans and goals? Are you, what are you working on right now? Oh, my future plans. Um, right now I'm actually, I'm trying to get my Etsy page back up and running. I was, I opened up an Etsy shop a few years ago and had no idea how much work it would be. Um, and so unfortunately I shut it down and then I just actually, I hired a friend of mine um, to run that page for me. And so we've kind of just been working on it. It's been our baby for a few months. And so I have, I have prints available, but I'm hoping to also start offering some unframed originals. And um, you know, my, I felt like this past year, I really overloaded myself and I did a lot of shows, which was great. Um, but I feel like it didn't leave me much time to connect with, like, I have such a great following on Instagram and I've really met a lot of great people and collectors. And I feel like I kind of let people down just because I didn't have enough inventory to offer people. And so I'm hoping that with, through the Etsy page, I can have these smaller pieces, um, and I can mark them down a little bit because they're coming from me. And so, um, and they're unframed. And so that's kind of just like my passion project right now. And I'm excited about that. That's amazing. Not having enough inventory is a good problem, though, I guess. It's, no. a, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's not a bad problem. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, yeah. yes. Um, awesome. You have collectors. So, so you do primarily shows. So that's how you kind of get your name out? Yes. Um, that's kind of been my business model for the past three years. Um, I show mostly at local galleries. I'm at a few galleries, um, you know, just, you know, I'm in a gallery, two galleries in Colorado and which is probably the farthest one away. And then I'm in another gallery up in Maine. Um, but for the most part, my, I make most of my income from local shows that I participate in throughout the Philadelphia area. Um, and they're usually like every month or so, um, and I'm lucky that I have the opportunity to do those because I know that's like so rare. I mean, um, but I think last year it was great. I think I just overloaded myself with that. So, um, but yeah, but for the most part, that's, that's how I've been able to make most of my money since I've started doing this full time. Awesome. You make you make me, or you inspire me to go out and do like art shows more. I've never really done. Yeah. One. Like Springfield isn't like where I am at the Midwest isn't really an art buying community, but I could travel and do them. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. You've inspired me. <laughs> um, are there, or is there any advice you would give artists who want to make art their full-time career, but just don't know where to start? Yeah, I think for sure. I think the most important thing is to come up with a plan. I mean, I think, for me, that came after year three of, you know, I'm like when I was like working in the real world, not that I'm not doing that now, but, um, but my plan after year three while I was teaching was that like hopefully by year five that I would be able to quit. And so, you know, fortunately I am married. And so I think it was, it made it a little, it made it soften the blow for a little because, you know, I have a husband who works. And so 
Um, but whatever your situation is, I think be prepared to, you know, figure out your financials, plan ahead, start like, you know, put some money away so that if you do just make a clean break, you can at least survive for however long, you know, set a goal for yourself after this many months, then if, if it's not working out, maybe I'll go back to work part time. But I think the most important thing is to just have a plan for yourself. Because ultimately, I know that we, we all would love to be able to do this full time, but we also have to pay bills. And that's the reality of the world. So um, I think having a plan is the very first thing that anybody should do before they decide to do this as a full time career. Um, because also, as you know, Andrea, it is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, come up with a plan. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Strategy. That's what I'm always saying too. I'm like, treat your art business like a business, not a hobby. Yes, like, yeah. exactly. So, Take uh, a lunch break for an hour, get up, <laughs> sit, make a schedule for yourself, you know, treat it like it's a nine to five. Seriously. I mean, that's, that's what works for me. So yes. um, yeah. I love that you say that too. Yeah, you are you are living the dream too. Like I love that oh, you're painting. Trying to. <laughs> I know it just sometimes we have to like step back and be like, okay, yeah, like this is pretty cool, even though it's stressful. Like you know, but like yeah, there there are several aspiring artists in here that are like on the verge of maybe making that transition. And so I love. I think you're just a shining example of someone who's doing it and also very honest about what it takes. And I love that you just shared that and everything. So. Oh my gosh, you as well. It's so amazing <laughs> what you're doing. I'm so inspired by you. My goodness. I wish, seriously, and advice would be to follow chats like this. I mean, if I had yeah. known there was a group like this back when I was getting started, I was just telling a friend of mine today about this thing I was doing tonight. I said, if I had known about this years ago, I'm like, this would have been great. I had not, like none of this. So... Exactly. I think it's awesome what you're doing. So Thanks. thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. And I started this because of that. And I have like a paid membership group to where I give them my like invoice templates and proposal templates. Yeah. I'm like, here, let me help you. Like spread your wings. <laughs> and That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so nice. And I love starting this because I yeah. get to meet like Instagrammers like you. And I love it. Oh, it's so <laughs> nice to meet you finally. And thank you for the print. Oh my God, I'm obsessed <laughs> yeah. with your bathroom. <laughs> I'm getting that flamingo shower curtain for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. And I'm sure yes. I'll see you on Instagram and we'll be commenting on our, our, on each other's stuff for a long time. But I'm so glad I, I got look to forward meet you. to it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. Seriously. This was so fun. Thank you. Yep. See you. Have a good night. All right. Bye, Bye Andrea. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business. And now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'll see you next week.